At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. Good evening, this is WOMMLP out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. This is Rocket Shop, I'm Aaron Cross, and tonight we have Derek Oganis. Hey. How's it going, Derek? I'm good. How are you? Um, our usual path is we like to start out with a song, so why don't you introduce us your first song and go for it. Alright, this, um, this is a song called Little Bird, and it's from my newest EP called Spoken Roads. Um, I I wrote this song in 2009, somewhere about, and it took me quite a while to get it recorded and put it out there, but um, I'm glad I did. This is Little Bird. Think it's time to clip my wings. I fly too close to the sun, mm. and it'd be better to keep my feet on the ground next to you, where I belong. Allow me to introduce myself again. I'm the man now that I should have always been It took some time for me to see That I needed to make a change Yeah, That I can't get to you any other way Through your sleep, your snow and rain To live forever again With the sense that once escaped me Will you reach out for me once more Your sweet delight fills my heart Are you letting go mm, as the days fade into weeks?
Derek O'Connor. So, Derek, welcome to the Radiator. Thank you for having me. Um, let's ask you a few questions about your music career. How about that? <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> so, you are located here in Vermont now, and right. you came up from Connecticut. What, what brought on the move? Um, it so um, my love affair with Vermont started um, sometime around 2009 or 10. I took a camping trip, which brought me to um, Townsend, which is like in the southern part of the state, and um, I was hooked, and so it became a, a long-term goal of mine to, to move up here, and 2016 or so, I, I pulled it off, so. Very um, cool. Yeah. Took you a few years, but you got here? Oh, yeah, definitely. You happy here? Yeah, I love it. It's, a, you know, it's... I can't say it was anything like what I expected it to be, mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, I, I couldn't uh, be doing what I'm doing now if I was anywhere else is, is how I feel. So doing a little bit of reading on your background, sounds like you started out uh, music pretty young back in Connecticut, I'm assuming. Yeah. So did you move up here with the intent of being a musician full time or were you already doing that and just felt this was a better place to kind of make your home base? Yeah, I mean, I don't, the the moving here was it was completely separate from my musical endeavors. And at the time it actually created a bit of turmoil in my band because we had just started, we were together maybe a year or so. Um, we had done some recordings and trying to, you know, elevate our game and we were starting to get a little more serious. I'm like, Hey guys, I'm moving to Vermont. And they're like, what do you mean? You know, like what <laughs> yeah, about yeah. the band? And, and so, um, you know, it was something where I, in, the way I framed it was like, you know what, this is going to make my my musical focus like a regional focus and, and the broader New England area rather than worrying about a specific town or city or county. Sure, that makes absolute sense. So doing a little bit of reading about the kinds of music that you've played, you've kind of run the gambit, yes, have you not? Definitely. <laughs> you started out um, in punk and metal. That's right. And yeah. moved into a rap career briefly Something or like that. Can you talk a little bit about what genres you explored prior to your current sound and maybe um was is your current sound what you always had in mind for your solo work or is just kind of came on later after exploring all these different genres? Yeah, I mean, I I grew up in a musical um family um 
you know, my both my parents love music, and my father is a guitarist himself. Um, he's like a luthier, buyer, seller, trader. So guitars were always in the house. You know, music was always being played, and uh, a diverse range of of music being played. So I was never really I, my focus in music was never that narrow um, or or like dialed in in that sense. And so when I was 14 or 15, you know, playing with my buddies, it's like I I liked a whole bunch of stuff, but what we could play was was punk rock or like something close to it. Um, so we'd be, Absolutely. you know, at that time, I was really into like um, the Ramones, the Addicts, um, the Casualties, um, you know, a bunch of different punk bands. And my bandmates were into different bands than I was. And... Um, like Green Day was in the mix, um, and we would jam. And then my bandmates started getting into uh, Dream Theater and like Prague. Sure. And then that's when I started going my separate way. Not because I don't like Prague, but w- as the singer, it was like an eight-minute song. But I had like <laughs> the normal like four verses or what have you. So right, I was right. like, you know, I'll try doing uh, solo stuff. And so I started playing shows in Hartford. Um, probably around, yeah, like 15 or so. Um, when you were 15? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So from a really, really young age. Oh, yeah. Once I started doing it, I was like, all right, let's go do it. You know, I definitely was not qualified. Hardly am now. <laughs> um, but that didn't stop me. And so, so were those early sets, were those acoustic sets, just you and your guitar? Once I, d- yeah, started doing that, it'd be me and my guitar, um, you know, in a dive bar with like a metal band and like a folk act or like a rap group you know, these, like, wild shows, these eclectic bills. Um, and after some time of doing that, um, I got signed to an indie label in Connecticut called Sling Slang Records, which um, has since been um, disbanded. But um, that laid the groundwork for, for my label that I started in uh, 2020 as kind of, like, this um, expanded collective or like this community of musicians more than like necessarily existing for the being the structure of a label um but so after doing that um that's when the rap thing kind of came around um a few years later uh i was really into the mad conductor um okay which sure they're like a weird rap group from (laughs) Pennsylvania, but also New Orleans. So they have a really eclectic sound. Um, Love it. And so that kind of led me. And through working um, at this job that I had, it kind of put me down this road of like listening to a lot of Mad Conductor, Aesop Rock, MF Doom, Cool Compete, um, Big Daddy Kane, like the Jizza, like all these different rap artists. And so I was like, oh, I want to do this. But then I would incorporate my other influences by like making my backing beats and stuff. That's um, awesome. Yeah, very, very it was cool. really cool. So I, uh, were you dedicated into the the rap scene for several years and gigging that way or kind of. I mean I as did a, a solo I did project? a couple of rap shows uh-huh. with my um the current drummer in my band, okay in the night crew. Um, uh-huh. he's a longtime friend of mine and he was in the punk bands when I first started. We've been playing together our whole lives. And he was my DJ, and so we'd go do shows, and we opened for the Mad Conductor. Um, that was really cool. Um, we would do some hip-hop shows in mass, but most of our shows were, like, at bars, open mics, yeah. college nights, <laughs> you know, kind of like these variety, more eclectic 
shows and whatnot. Sure. Um, but after doing that, um, that's when we started forming the band and exploring, you know, like rock, blues, mm-hmm. the stuff that I've always liked and kind of is that kind on. of where the current sound kind of coalesced. Um, for my solo stuff, you know, it's it's kind of it's after the band because we had been the band for a few years. Um, we started in 2016. I put out my first solo thing in 2021. So I had a few years of kind of like ignoring that side mm-hmm. and not doing anything with those tunes. And um, <laughs> the band, so basically like in my life, it was like I discovered Nick Lowe and Power Pop and then there was a pandemic. And then that kind of like started me down like this road that I'm on now with my my current sound. Okay, very cool. So that was kind of birthed out of the uh the inc- or like the incubator of COVID. Yeah, like a little bit. A little bit. Well, so slightly before COVID, like maybe a year or so, I bought a coffee maker and <laughs> Nick Lowe's cowboy outfit outfit in the same uh weekend and so I was all jacked up. I'd run downstairs to the record shop that I lived above at the time uh-huh. and invite the employees up to my apartment for a cup of coffee and like, gotta <laughs> check out this record. And um, when the pandemic hit, my bandmates and I, we all live in different states. So we're in, mm-hmm. we're in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, Westfield, Mass, and Brattleboro, Vermont. So with all the different lockdown guidelines and such, uh, we just it, we couldn't get together. Sure. And so I was like, oh, well, it's the perfect time then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, how about another song? Sure. If you wouldn't mind introducing it for us. This is a song that um, I used to play with my band. And uh, I'll uh, riff on them just a little bit here. But basically, we, we started off as a blues band in our mentality and that kind of shifted to being a rock band and while there's a lot of overlap they are pretty different you know in in terms of i guess like their extremes and so um we had the song we used to play it all the time and uh one one day i got outvoted two to one we can't play it anymore (laughs) and uh so now it's yours so now it's a solo tune you know (laughs) they can't vote me here i'm the only voter so uh so now i play it solo and uh it actually came about because I was sitting at a bar with my dad, and um, he he said the title. He uttered it like just in conversation, and he was like, "You know what? That'd be a good song title." And so that kind of prompted me to to write the song. Um, sure. So this is called "Blame It on the Blues." Blame it on the blues. <laughs> Thank you. 
Derek O'Connor's. Awesome. So let's get into a little bit more about what you're doing currently with your music. You've released two EPs in the last two years. Is that right? Yep. Yep. One in 2021 and one uh, just this uh, September 2nd this year. Very cool. And these are both uh, done through your own label that you just started two years ago? Yep, that's right. Tell us a little bit about your label and how you came into running that as a way of creating your music and maybe a little bit more about the other acts that you have that you're working with. Yeah, totally. So um, the pandemic hit and I couldn't play with my band. And so I decided to start looking into recording my solo material and... Um, I had a catalog that had been kind of piling up and I hadn't released the songs in any um, meaningful way. Um, and so I, I thought at that moment, like, if I'm going to do this, then I want to, I want to take the, the necessary steps to, to do it right and to, I guess, completely um, own and operate my stuff. Sure. And so that led me down, okay, like, you know, maybe I should start my own label just for myself, just kind of as like, um, almost like a vanity project. Like as a way to just do my own thing on my own terms, but legitimize it in some way. Sure. And then once I made that decision, it was like, well, if it's just me, that's kind of stupid. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of lame. Like, so it's like, well, maybe I can use this to help other artists and legitimize them and we can help each other, um, 
through our various different connections and experiences and what have you. Um, so I, I kind of opened it up to anyone, you know, in New England. I didn't specify that, but I just said, you know, like New England label, you know, seeking bands and what have you. And so I got a ton of submissions, um, mainly from the, uh, the Northeast. And um, one of the bands that got on right away, which was so awesome because I hadn't even put anything out yet. So they're the first band that I signed with basically no, uh, you know, no credentials like on my part, you know what I mean? Like I have no real uh, name or, or value in my, I'm just starting out. And so sure. it was the Cosmic Vultures, which they're out of Boston, Massachusetts. And um, they're currently on the ballot for uh, the New England Music Awards, uh, Rising Stars, Massachusetts. They have a different, or I'm sorry, they're the um, Artist of the Year. The Cosmic Vultures are for wow, uh, Artist cool. of the Year this year. Um, I work with another band out of Boston called Autumn Hollow, um, which the Cosmic Vultures are more funk, rock, prog. Autumn Hollow is Americana indie folk. So I, I work with people all across the spectrum. I don't, I don't really care what genre someone plays. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my main thing when I'm working with bands is is does this deserve to exist? Right. 99% of the time it's yeah, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so um, once I started adding bands, it started legitimizing things. And so now I work with um, 12 different artists, um, you know, from Vermont, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Um, there's a group I work with that's um, another Americana outfit called the Red Idol Rejects, and they're from Cincinnati. Um Wow. And they're phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're amazing. And I'm so uh, happy to be associated with them. Um, so would it be a fair characterization to say that this has turned into more than you expected? Or has question. the label just, uh, you expected to be working with, you know, a dozen bands two years in? I did not expect no? that. No, I had no <laughs> idea. But I, I still don't. You know, it's, it's very much, uh, you know, uh, a learning process. And it, I can't stress enough to anyone who's like interested in doing something like this or anything creative, like just get started because two years ago I had no real, there was, it was no, it was not a sensible decision. There was no like real reason why I should have done that. Right. But I did. And now two years later I have so much more behind it mm -hmm. than I could have even imagined because once you start doing things and planting those seeds and the ball starts rolling, other things come up and you, you can't predict it, you know? So Absolutely. It's, it's been wild. And, um, like, one thing that I couldn't have anticipated was um, Dylan Brody, who's a um, he's a uh, humorist, comedian. He's, like, a stand-up author. Sure. Observational, funny guy. And, uh, you know, he reached out about putting out a um, kind of a collaborative spoken word folk album that he had recorded in Los Angeles. And so we put that out together and we did a, like a digital launch party and we had various performers, um, you know, do some, uh, comedy and music. And, you know, that was incredible. I could have never predicted that, you know, working in music would also open other, uh, avenues, you know, creative avenues. So that's wild. It's, it's been crazy and yeah. but it's been great. I, I, I really love it. 
That's awesome. And that's called Oak Honest Records. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that pun with your name. Not really a pun. More of just like a similar sounding thing. Right. That's great. And so has that left you enough time working with all those other groups to focus on your own music? You know, we've talked about how you put out the two EPs yeah. in the last two years. Um, is that the amount of music that you've been wanting to put out? Or have you kind of found yourself wandering away from your own uh, musical ambitions a little bit in favor of running the record label? I think most people would say that time is like their most precious resource. And, and sure. so it's it's definitely a challenge. Like it, it, it requires me to be organized and to be on top of things. And I have to keep myself accountable because there's Absolutely. people that I work with right. who, you know, expect and deserve me to treat them professionally and to, to help reinforce like what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that being said, um, my, my main hurdle in, in releasing music, I guess, is just paying for studio time, you know, putting out a release. Cause I like to do physical media. And so it's, it's a little mm -hmm. bit of an investment for me. And so like I can only move at a, a certain pace. So that's my, my main, um, obstacle i guess in terms of putting out my music mm -hmm. um you know and from a songwriting perspective i spend most of my time not writing songs um but i don't i don't necessarily think that's the worst thing i'm kind of more of a um an ace fraley in this regard so a of kiss ace fraley would say like i just write a song when it comes to me mm -hmm. i may not write a song for four months and then i'll write three in a weekend and that's just how it goes sure whereas gene simmons of kiss would say i write a song every day because that's what i do it's like it keeps me in the zone that's like my discipline whatever mm -hmm. and they've both written an equal number of great and terrible songs <laughs> so there's like no <laughs> right or wrong way to do it absolutely but for me it's like you know i kind of just write when i when i feel compelled to and so that doesn't necessarily butt heads with me promoting other bands stuff that makes sense yeah that makes sense well um We'd love to hear another one of your tunes. Cool. So this would be an example of a Gene Simmons song then, because this is one that I, uh, I, uh, I wrote as a result of a prompt. I decided, like, I'm going to write a song start to finish in this session. Like, I'm going to sit down on my couch and mm -hmm. I'm going to write a song. I've, I've no Dedicated I've time. nothing. I have no... Like, oh, there's this melody I've been humming for a week, or there's this lyric. It was a completely fresh start just to see, you know, what would come out of it. Right. Um, so when I was doing um, the uh, the most recent EP, Spoken Roads, I had some other songs that I had picked out to play and um, that were older. And then this one, for whatever reason, it was like, it's time is now. You know, it just mm -hmm. spoke to me. And so I had to rearrange the track listing and, uh, and put this on there. Um, and uh, it was actually for a show that I was playing, if I'm being totally honest, where I was playing an indie show. And I was like, oh, I am not an indie artist, like in the true sense of it. Right, right. You know? So it's like, man, I got to play it. I got to write something like more indie to like fit in on this indie bill. <laughs> and I don't think I even succeeded in writing the indie song, but I at least got something out of it. So uh -huh. um, this, is, uh, this is called The Word Love. Thank you. 
darkness I was left behind about uh, your songwriting and how that fits in with your owner label label ownership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. So you say you don't write these songs except for when they like, you know, come to when it's like you feel inspired to write as opposed to like having a lot of dedicated time to write these songs. Right. How would you say that um, the importance of melody ver- and uh, instrumentation, orchestration, that kind of thing, uh, compares to like the actual lyrics of the song do you find yourself more um drawn toward actually writing uh the you know the meaning of the song i noticed on your website you have a significant um page dedicated to just the written word um and i was just wondering how you strike that balance or if it really even is something that you think about when you're writing songs Yeah, I mean, that's something, so in terms of the label, you know, when I'm writing a song, that's a sacred space. Um, Not necessarily like any profound sense, but just that when I'm writing, you know, my, my intention is, is to, is to write that song. And, and I'm not worried about um, if someone's going to like it or if it has a commercial appeal or anything like that, Um, you know. When, when I do the label, I guess, for, or like from the label side, when I have the completed songs, that starts, then the label starts to creep in when it's like, okay, how do I package these? Mm-hmm. Like, what's, which ones are going to fit together or make a certain um, 
which ones will be cohesive or interesting together or that's kind of where it creeps in the writing is is just a a creative endeavor um and you know so would you say that you once you wind up with enough material or you have enough material in your backlog Mm -hmm. that you uh kind of start to feel the way that the songs will go together on the ep you say you like making these physical media as opposed to digital media um is is that part of the calculus as well is like finding you know five or so songs that you feel like really speak to one another as well yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to pair them in a meaningful way you know and sometimes it's different you know sometimes it, it might be like a really artistic choice where it's like the concepts within these songs you know relate to each other and other times it might just be like something a little bit um i don't know like Sonic, you know, maybe like all oh, sure. these songs are all in the same key. They shouldn't be okay. one after another. Or maybe something. they have the same so vibe, different... would you say something like that? Yeah, yeah okay. You know, and, and I'm not locked into it either. Like, you know, I picked out um, songs to go on this EP and then ended up switching out two of them and on a five-track thing. That's most of it got, you know, or a considerable portion of it got swapped out. So sure. it's, a, it's like I set the intention, but then I'm also trying to be aware in the moment of, of what feels right, what's speaking to me. Sure. Um, has this always been uh, kind of the way you approach songwriting, or has it has it changed? And specifically, once you started running your label with the other groups, how does that change um, the way that you think about songwriting? Additionally, uh, a little addendum to that question, uh, have you tried writing songs for these groups that you're working with, specifically writing for other people? You know, I've never tried that. I've never tried my hand at, at writing for someone else. Um, that does sound fun. That does have a, a appeal to me. Because um, I like to write in what I guess I would consider to be my voice. Um, but that's such a broad range of influence and everything that I'm not even necessarily sure exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be cool to try to, to write for someone else or write a song that isn't necessarily attached to my identity in some way. Sure. But, um, you know, running the label hasn't necessarily affected the way that I write my songs. And I'm at a point right now where I'm working off a a back catalog, which is different than when you're out of song and you're creating new songs. Right. You know what I mean? So I guess I'm still in a different scenario than... And someone who's like, I'm creating my next album uh-huh. from scratch. Whereas right now, at least I have, I'm still writing songs, but I have plenty that I haven't released that are still in the mix. Sure. And that, I owe that to um, Ryan Cohen of, of Robot Dog, which is where I recorded my um, my first EP, and that was in uh, Williston. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's going to be in uh, somewhere in New York, but not too far away. Um but I went to him and I was like, hey, man, I got 40 songs. Like, let's make an album. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why don't we make a couple EPs and like try to build up interest yeah. or, you know, like give you, you know, build up to making an album rather than just throwing it out there. And you know what I mean? And right. So that right. kind of became my approach. Um, so I got to thank him for that. Perfect. I like it. Um, so what as as a as a record label owner and operator, what advice would you give to uh younger artists i know earlier you had said uh basically just start 
is really great advice. But once you yeah. started, do you have any more advice? Yeah, if you're an artist and you're getting started, um, you know, doing the things super important. You got to do the thing, you know, otherwise you're not doing the thing. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's really that simple. You know, if you're sure. an artist, make some art or play a show, you know, uh -huh. take, take uh, concrete steps. But in addition to that, and I would say probably the most important thing, at least from my perspective as a label person, is like know your strengths and weaknesses. And so like it's okay. So the way I see it is everybody likes everything. You know, nobody actually likes everything, but there's someone out there for every niche, you know, every different genre or subgenre or production style, whatever it is. From mm -hmm. you could be Joe Satriani or you could be Johnny Ramone. Right. People will put you on their top guitarist list. So there's no like right or wrong in art. You can do whatever you want. There's there's an audience for it. But um, don't be afraid to like bring someone in to help you who who has a skill set that complements your own where you're lacking. Um, mm -hmm. And just try to do everything as authentically as you can and as high quality as you can. I think that's another important thing. Um, you know, because if you're going to do it, do it right. Right. You know, this stuff, I mean, you know, you put it online and it exists, you know, in some cases, I don't know, infinity. I, it It's going to be up there. So, mm -hmm. you know, take the time to have it mastered or you know, take some interesting cover art or have a logo made, you know, just take steps to present yourself the best way you can. Sure. I think that's like tremendously important fundamental thing you got to get right. Absolutely. And there's no right or wrong way to get it right, but you got to do it. Absolutely. Well, taking a little bit of a turn here, uh, let's talk about your, some of your other projects. Sure. Let's talk about uh, OK in the Night Crew. This is your band that uh, is spread all over New England. That's right. Yeah. Is that we right? You, you say y'all play a couple uh, a couple shows a month, maybe? Yeah, we're we're still active. You know, we're um, we're kind of we were in a lull for a little while because we were getting ready um, for um, New England Stoner and Doomfest, which is in uh, Jewett City, Connecticut, and we'll be mm -hmm. playing there. Uh, it's a three day festival. Um, that we're on this year and uh we've got some um more recordings to put out and so yeah we're we're pretty active and we get around so we've played you know um all around new england uh new york city philadelphia so how awesome uh, is that oh it's great it's so much fun <laughs> love it you know because like you know when i do my solo shows as fun as they are i'm alone in the car you know it's just uh -huh. me i'm going someplace whatever so it, it's cool to have the the guys around and you know it it it's definitely a more uh, lively experience that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and let's talk a little bit about another project that you have going on, um, the Cassette Tape Exchange. Yes, okay, cool. So, yeah, that... We're going to get to it. <laughs> yeah, so, so that... Um, I am not uh, a normal person, and so I like cassettes, and... Uh, <sighs> Main, well, maybe not the most mainstream uh, format right now. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people out there that do like cassettes. And basically what happened was I had a car. Um, it was a 1996 uh, Camry. And mm -hmm. um, it had a tape deck. And I have a history of buying really cheap phones that break. And so, like, 
just running your phone through the tape deck wasn't always the best option for me. Mm -hmm. So I started going to um, Goodwills and uh, thrift shops and that kind of thing and picking up tapes and ended up having quite a few tapes. And then I started making um, mixtapes. I have a ton of uh, CDs, uh, records, tapes and such, and um, the auxiliary input. So I was making all kinds of these mixtapes for the car. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could, like, what was that site where you could make playlists? Like, it wasn't Spotify. It was a different site from years ago where you could, like, HTML, like, copy and paste your mm -hmm. playlist somewhere. Sure. And it was, like, mix something. I, I can't remember. But I was like, oh, there must be something. Because, like, like, I want to share the the playlist. I, like, this is a cool mix. How do I share it with people? Um, and I never figured out how to, like, really do that. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know what I'll do is then I'll open up a, a P.O. box and I'll let people mail me their tapes and I'll mail them my tapes and maybe if enough people participate, like, I can mix up the tapes and send them back out so people find cool new stuff. How awesome is that? It's been a lot of fun. That's actually another uh, surprise. Like, I had no idea that it was going to um, get any traction. Really? So, well, I mean, you know, and, it, was just, and, and, it was just like went on WordPress. I started a, a blog, like uh -huh. a lot of domain names. I was like, I don't know. And then <laughs> people in New Mexico, uh, you know, uh, Nevada, Maine, in Brattleboro, like people were just mailing me tapes. And so it was really cool. And doing uh, band reviews, so bands would send me stuff. And oh, yeah, it's That's really awesome. Cool. Is this still something that you're actively doing? So it's been dormant for a little while. And, um, I have to reformat the way that I've been doing it, but it's not dead, and it's I'm in the process of reformatting it. So I'm still uh, accepting tapes and submissions and whatnot. Very cool. Um, so that's something that for all you listeners, please get yeah, involved. Yeah, the cassette tape exchange program, and that was my show when I was a DJ on WVEW, which is in uh, out of Brattleboro. Mm -hmm. um, that was my show, the cassette tape exchange program, and I would um, not necessarily play cassettes, but I'd play the stuff that was from the mixes or the stuff that had been sent in to me as, as well as other things. Um, so it, you know, it started off as a blog, then became a radio show. And now it's a, you know, mixtape trading service. So it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, Derek, you're all over the place. I love it. I love it so much. Um, coming up, do you have any shows? Where can people find you? Yeah. I, so you can find me, um, you know, uh, Facebook and Instagram, um, music. That's O-K-A-N-O-S dot music. Um, you could also find me through Oak Honest Records, which is, you know, on all the socials, as well as oakhonestrecords.com. I also have my own site, derekoconis.com. And check out the Cassette Exchange at cassetteexchange.com. But um, for shows, yeah, so I'm on a, uh, a tour right now for the month with the new EP and uh, so the next stop will be uh, Luthier's Co-op in uh, East Hampton, Massachusetts um, it's a bona fide Luthier but it's also a uh, bar and performance venue so it's a it's a really cool spot and that'll be the last stop on the tour um, we kicked off in Brattleboro went to Barrie um, uh Westchester, Pennsylvania, um, Jewett City, Connecticut, Portland, Maine. So it, it's been really cool. So I've been pretty active, and um, I'll have shows through October and November that I'll be promoting. Very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, 
Well, with that, why don't you play us out? Sure. So yeah, this has been a lot of fun, and I, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, having Happy me to out. have you. Yeah, this has been great, and uh, so I'm gonna kill the mood now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's or, your mood to do with, whatever you want. You with. know. Uh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so this is a, this is a song that, um, like Little Bird, probably around 2000. Or actually, Little Bird was. I'm sorry, I lied on air, and I, I want to apologize to the public for violating their trust. <laughs> <laughs> Little Bird is actually like 20, oh God, 2011 or 12 maybe. Um, and this song is um, about 2009. And so I've been kicking this one around the longest, and I still haven't put it out yet. Um, this is one that um, I really want to... Uh, do something special for just get it right in some way and so um, basically what it's about is just going through a tough time like just whatever it is in your life just like a bad time and then you, you're on the other side of it and you're like well okay it had some value like it served some purpose I didn't enjoy it but you know it, it served some kind of function in my life um, and so the the um, initial ideas like okay going through hell that was like my first um, kind of like idea for like how to uh, phrase or interpret the feeling and mm -hmm. I was like well I can't just say that that's like too you know like contrived or whatever so I went with uh, you know I'm a Pisces so um, <laughs> this song is called Leviathan
Leviathan by Derek O'Connor. Derek, thanks a lot for coming in. Yeah, it's been a real treat. Thank you so much. This has been 105.9 The Radiator, WOMMLP. I'm Aaron Cross. Thanks again to Derek O'Connor. Thank you. Good night. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Thanks, guys. That was fun. That was.